DDCO at the plate, he's over for 2 today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's... Oh, it's raining now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Ta-da! This is episode number 53, uh, the Melky Cabrera episode, Jeremy. Melky Cabrera's an interesting guy. He's on the Pirates this year. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, we were just remarking about um, the Pirates roster and how um, more or less uh, everyone on the roster is, um, uh, what was the word I used? Uh, pieces of shit, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You Which got, is not the first time I've called a baseball player a piece of shit. No, you got you got steroid guys. You yeah. got you got ex convicts. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Young Ho Gung got released. Yeah. Um, so technically, yeah, they they lost. They're down one sh- piece of shit. So yeah. Oh well. Uh, but they're still they're still holding strong with who they have. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, I Jer- Melky Cabrera was a guy that I thought was dead in the water after he finished with was finished with the White Sox. Yeah. I think he got traded to somebody his last like half half season on the White Sox. He, he resurfaced with oh yeah. yeah was it the got, Royals? Did he get traded to like the Royals or somebody? Uh, I, I don't remember, but I know okay. that he resurfaced at one point last year with the Indians. With the Indians, right? did yeah. we see him play in that game with the Indians? Uh, I we, think we did, but I remember yeah because I think that maybe it was like the day before we went. Yeah. I, the game was on, and I'm like, there was a Melky Cabrera sighting, and then we like saw him the next day or something, something like that. Yep, uh, I was right, Jeremy. He was traded in 2017 to the Royals. Uh, for, oh, okay. For whatever reason. Um, well, they were, that was... Um well, no. Were, were they, they good that year? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to look that up because it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't seem like they were. So I'm not sure why they would have traded for him. They, they were 80 and 82 that year. Uh, <laughs> I guess maybe they were hanging on and trying, you know, hoping Melky Cabrera could give that them that last push over the hump. Yeah. Well, I, I like the idea of him being banished to like a losing team just because <laughs> he is a, a piece of shit. Um, but uh, I mean, so yeah, that's. I don't really have too much to say about Melky Cabrera except for the year. Was he only with the Giants one year? Like, uh, or was it a couple years? Yeah. Okay. So because. I remember. I think what you're going to refer to is that it was the year he got. He was leading the league in hitting. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it was he was played one year with the San Francisco Giants. He hit 346. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, pretty much pushed to the wayside. Yeah. He might have led the league in doubles actually. Ooh. Um, but, okay. Or like like he was leading the league maybe when he was uh, suspended. Yeah. Um, but uh, I w- one of the things that I liked about him uh, was was that his nickname was the Milkman. Yeah. And they like they I think like in San Francisco they had people dress up like milkmen or whatever, yeah. but. They were, you know, in in support of the milkman, Melky Cabrera. Well, I, I used to know a guy who called milk milk. Oh you, yeah, you ever right. know anybody who called it milk? Yes, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not. That's not how you say it. But yeah, so wasn't wasn't he was suspended? Uh, but then didn't he like make a fake website to like try to convince people that he wasn't? I feel like he made some kind of fake him him or his agents made like a fake website to try to convince people that he wasn't. Um, oh, this is guilty. So- this is sounding familiar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, that that would. If, yeah, if you want to look it up, I yeah. can talk for a second. But I like, will. yeah, I mean, um, I, I, you know, he, I, I know that he came. Like, there was a lot of uh, fanfare about him, like with the Yankees, just because any sort of guy who comes up with the Yankees, there's like fanfare about. But right. um, and he never really let le, uh, lived up to it until maybe that year in um, in San Francisco. But yeah, and but, so it says. Uh, I'm pulling up an article here from ESPN.com. Uh, says that Melky Cabrera uh, <laughs> mounted a com- campaign to avoid his 50 game suspension. That included a fake website featuring a fictitious product yes. in an effort that was quickly uncovered by MLB investigators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. That, yeah, that's great. That that should be. That, that's we gotta earmark that that story because that's like another one of those ba- weird baseball stories. Yes. Um, uh, it's it goes up there with the Ontario. Smith uh, from football with the Vikings with the Wizenator. Oh, I, think was, I don't remember this. He was a. I for some reason I haven't watched PTI in years, uh-huh. but like they always used to reference the Wizenator. So when uh, Ontario Smith was a running back, I think with the uh, Vikings, yeah, and he like had to take a urine test for steroids or what or drugs or whatever, and um, he had this apparatus called the Wizenator <laughs> that was like. A fake penis <laughs> with a bag that you could put like someone else's urine in, and like make it look like you're actually peeing this like clean urine. That's amazing. And like they 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 found it in his bag, or he tried to use it, and he got busted or something. And yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But it was called the Wizenator. Okay. Like legit. So um, so yeah, he'll always be known for that, I guess. Um, and I guess with a story like that, I don't blame Tony Kornheiser for always pull, like mentioning it because it's, <laughs> it's pretty great. 
But yeah. anyway, so that's Melky Cabrera, and this is a Melky Cabrera episode. It is. Uh, so, so Jeremy, uh, this is, and Melky Cabrera was a pretty big free agent bust for the White Sox. They had signed him. Uh, they signed him. In the 2015 season was his first with the White Sox. He was coming off of the 300 season with the Blue Jays. Ah, so, nice. uh, uh, and then he was just kind of a, a, a nothing player for the White Sox. So yeah. Jeremy and I. I uh, thought it would be a good good idea to do an episode, for lack of a better uh, term for it, we're calling it the Jekyll and Hyde episode. Yeah, so baseball's, basi- baseball's Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, so basically this is, is guys who were good, and so Jeremy's going to do the Cubs, and I'm going to do the Brewers, and so it's guys who were either really good before they got to the their respect, the Cubs or the Brewers, and then once they got there, they sucked, or yes. guys who kind of sucked with uh, the Cubs or Brewers and then went on to better things. Yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, I think, like, obviously th- these stories are all over baseball, but, like, you know, you always tend to, like, remember the ones that affected your team the most. So we figured, like, in, in, in lieu of, like, just combing the whole MLB for these kinds of stories, it would be more meaningful, like, for us to tell personal stories about, like, how, you know, it affected us being fans of our respective teams. And, you know, it, the, the, it, it doesn't hurt any more than to, like, a person who's team it's happening to basically. yes <laughs> so um we can get right started yeah well, jeremy who, who, who did you have in mind well for your I, first guy yeah so i'm gonna i'll i'll mention the guy who like um inspired me to come up or like inspired this topic uh just just this week um uh brett anderson oh yeah for the uh for the uh oakland a's was uh-huh. pitching against the uh cubs let me just pull up his numbers really quick because uh, let me try to pull up his game log too but he like he pitched well uh I think I think the game he pitched he the 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 Athletics beat the Cubs. Yeah. So I was thinking like, how is this guy? Not only how is this guy beating us, but like, how is he still in the league um, after his stint with the Cubs in 2017? What's What's crazy, Jeremy, is that in 2017, uh, that was the year uh, after the Cubs won the World Series, yeah. obviously. Yes. Yeah. So you know, all of a sudden they're they're throwing this guy out there, and I was like, you know, who, who the hell is the, is this guy? Yeah, exactly. Like he looked uh, he looked like he shouldn't have even been in the major leagues. Yeah, uh, correct. Um, so he, I think, let's see, I'm gonna pull it up real quick, but I think he started eight games or six six yeah. games with the Cubs in 2017. I was at one of those games. I almost want to say that he started the home opener that year or something. Oof. Um, yeah. Or it, it wasn't the home opener, but like it was one of the early games that year. Um, but uh, but yeah, so over six games, uh, all starts, he uh, had an eight eighteen ERA, mm. and like and so okay, so previous to that, like I think he was maybe coming off a of Tommy John surgery or something. Yeah. But like he had some good years in in Oakland. He did. And um, people were like, you know, kind of hoping that he could recapture that. He was part of that like <clears throat> that like second coming of like good pitchers for the for the A's. I mean at some point they seem to be just churning out like brand new pitchers. Like <coughs> Jared Parker was one I think it was Jared Parker. Yeah. Um uh was a was a young pitcher that like, you know, just ended up not doing anything. Andrew Bailey was another one. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, you know, all these guys ended up ultimately being busts and yeah. Brad Anderson was one of those people too. Yeah. So he was just bad with the Cubs. And then, you know, and he hasn't really torn it up that much, but he's having to to think of him having any sort of like good outing or good part of a year after that stint with the Cubs is mind-boggling. It is. Um, and, you know, Jeremy, he actually, he had also done it with the LA Dodgers in 2015. He had a 369 ERA in 31 starts over mm-hmm. 180 in the third innings. Um, yeah, his stint with the Cubs was, was dreadful. Uh, he only pitched 22 innings in those six starts. So what is that, less than four innings a start? I yeah. feel like that guy could never make it uh, past a couple of innings. So, you know, just one, one more thing, Jeremy, about the Oakland A's. is like that nobody is better at just picking up uh, pitchers off the scrap heap and True. turning them into something. I mean, they've got uh, Chris Bassett in the rotation this year. Mike Fires, who yeah. could be, uh, who could be. I didn't pick him for this episode, but he yeah. could be because uh, he was, uh, you know, he injured John Carlos Stanton and then he got traded from the Brewers. He threw um, two no hitters, and he threw two, two no hitters <laughs> for yeah. two different teams. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. So uh, so that that's pretty impressive. But yeah, Brett Anderson is a good one, Jeremy. All right. Um, so I'm gonna go with. Uh, so for the Brewers, uh, this is surprisingly the only Sal Bando uh, free agent signing uh, on the list. Sal, for those of you who don't know or didn't follow the Brewers, uh, Sal Bando was the uh, general manager uh, for the Brewers uh, throughout most of the 90s. Uh, Sal Bando, the former great uh, third baseman for the Oakland Athletics on their dynasty from the early 70s. Uh, Good baseball player, Jeremy, but he was one of the worst general managers uh, in team history. Uh, And so this was his first really big free agent signing. So they signed uh, Marquise Grissom is the player I'm going to talk about. Uh, he was signed in uh, for the 1998 season. 
I think the Brewers signed him to a five-year, $25 million contract, I want to say. So that was the, I remember it was the biggest free agent signing uh, in team history at that time. So it was a big, it was a big deal that uh, the grip, I want to see if that's what they called. No, that's not, that's not listed (laughs) anywhere on nicknames for here, but I I think they called him grip. But he was uh, he he was awful, Jeremy, for the Brewers. Um, he was a two-time All-Star for the okay. Expos before before getting to the Brewers in yeah. 1993 and 1994. Uh, I remember, and in '96 for the Atlanta Braves, played in 158 games. He hit 308 with 23 homers. Okay, I was yeah. going to ask you what his like his the most homers he hit in a year before his stint with the Brewers. And it was it was 23 in that <clears throat> be, in that yeah. year. Yeah, and then he played one year with he was he was all over the place. He played a year with Cleveland before coming to the Brewers. But yeah, he was just just a an average player it's like this guy like this is the guy we gave five years and 25 million dollars to which was which i mean now it sounds like peanuts you know the the cubs threw that at david bodie and nobody (laughs) nobody blinked an eye you know but uh but yeah you know the guy was just uh he was just like a nothing player for some bad brewers teams and uh yeah it was just a it just ended up being a bust i'm trying looking his best year with the brewers was he hit 271 with 10 home runs Yeah, uh, his his worst year with the Brewers, his last, it was his age 33 season, played in 146 games, hit 244 with 14 home runs. Uh, it, okay. He did win. He was a four-time Gold Glove uh, Gold Glove Award winner. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if any of those are with the Brewers, but uh, and he was the a, uh, MVP of the ALCS. Uh, I'm guessing that was um, either in '96 or '97 when he was with the Braves or Cleveland or '95. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, does Baseball Reference tell you that if you click on the thing? It does not. Um, yeah, I guess not. I, I think if you dig deep, obviously if you dig deep, you can find it. But um, right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's weird. I just I like you know I never thought of him as a. I'm very surprised he actually hit 23 homers. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, you know, again, I wasn't like as tuned in like in the early early 90s. Like I was aware of like Grissom and Delano DeShields and Larry Walker and stuff. But, yeah. But yeah, but uh, yeah, that's not a good. That's not. That's not a signing that you would be excited about. No. For sure. Um, okay, Jack. My next uh, person I have on my list um, is Todd Hundley. Okay. Uh, with the Cubs. Like, Todd that one's Hundley. a little more obvious. Yeah. But, like, I... It's like it's worth noting his numbers with the Cubs, just how bad they well, were. Well, Jeremy, so I uh, Todd Hundley <clears throat> was really good with the Mets uh, right when I started following baseball. Okay, um, uh, he was a switch hitter, was he, or was he just a straight lefty? Um, nope, switch hitter. Yeah, he was. That's what I thought. He was a switch hitter. Yeah. So I, I remember really liking Todd Hundley. I thought he was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. He had a great year in '96 with the Mets. He had 41 homers, 112 RBIs. I mean, for a catcher, that's awesome. Yeah. If you look at his '96, '97 numbers, are pretty good. '97, yeah. he hit. He only he hit 20. He hit 30 30 homers, but he hit uh, 273. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and then it looks like he was injured in 98 a little bit. but um, And then he went to the Dodgers, and his numbers with the Dodgers were pretty okay. Uh, but then, so he goes to the Cubs uh, in 2001, his age 32 season, and uh, he hits 12 homers, bats 187. Ooh, man. I think there was a lot of Cubs fans who wanted a 187 him. That's uh, <laughs> murder, folks. Uh, we're talking about the police code for murder. Yeah, also, you ever see, or, or the Samuel L. Jackson I was movie, say, also, 187. Also a great movie with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then the next year, and so again, he only played 79 games. He came back, played 92 games, hit 16 homers, but hit a, uh, a meager... Two eleven that following year, yeah, um, and then um, it's like, and and yeah, you know, so I, I don't even know what the numbers were of what he signed the contract for, but it was it was a lot, it was bad, um, and the the most miraculous thing of the whole thing is that Jim Hendry, as bad as he could be sometimes, he actually was able to trade him still <laughs> after yeah. that, yeah, and he got uh, Eric Karros and Mark Rudzelanek. Wow. Um, who ended up becoming like key members of that 2003 team. Yeah. Uh, that made it. Uh, almost all the way to the World Series. And uh, um, that was the biggest thing about it is like, you know, these days you, when, when a team is stuck with a, a bad contract, you just wonder, like, how could they possibly um, <clears throat> get out from under this? And, like, somehow Jim Hendry, I cannot believe that Jim Hendry, A, traded him, B, got any useful pieces back. Well, so, you know, uh, Hendry, uh, you know, he's done some good things. He drafted Javier Baez. Um, yeah, you know, sure. Theo Epstein would not want anybody to know about that. But like, <laughs> right, he yeah, did. yeah, yeah, dude, did you hear that? So speaking of, of that, before we move on, did you hear that uh, Al Avila for the uh, Tigers turned down a trade in 2017 for Javi Baez? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's pathetic. Came out. Yeah, that's it's bad. Pa- after they just gave the guy a contract extension. Um, they yeah, uh, the, I saw that. and I'm like, who the hell would leak that story? And it was like, it was a beat writer, I think, for the for the Tigers. Yeah. 
And yeah. it was like, man, like I would like I would ban I would like blackball that guy. It's like, hey, you didn't need to write about that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. and why why write it now? Like, you you sat on that for like you know how what what year? It was not. It was 2017. Yeah, you sat on that for for two years, like basically, and like um you you didn't release it then like it's like yeah and hey thank god for the cubs that they didn't make that trade like Jeez, the cubs were trying to trade Baez. like it seems like to everybody yeah like, it's it almost <clears throat> you arguably it almost seems like the best move theo Epstein made was not trading javi Baez. yeah yeah no i mean i think they were going to trade him for like matt moore or something to the for to the rays or something yeah. like any of those or any of those rays pitchers but like yeah, luckily it didn't happen. Um, but anyway, well, uh, so I, I guess in the same uh, going along with catchers, um, one guy I I would mention for the Brewers now is Jason Kendall. Okay. Uh, Jason, yeah. and this is kind of a twofer, and there's going to be another twofer on the list. It's going to be another guy who played with both teams. Okay. But Jason Kendall, uh, he played the 2008 and 2009 seasons with the Brewers. Um, he was a three-time All-Star with the Pirates. He was another guy. So his rookie year was 1996. He was another guy who I always thought was like really good. I mean, mm-hmm. he hit 320 in 2000 in an all-star season. He played 152 games. I always remember Jason Kendall for just being a guy that would catch in every single... He would catch every day. Yeah. He would never take a day off. Like, that's what he was famous for. Yeah. I also don't think he wore batting gloves. Correct. But, he definitely did not wear batting gloves. Yeah. I remember that. But by the time he uh, got to the Brewers, he could not hit the ball to the warning track from second base. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. guy just had absolutely no power. Um, 587 at-bats, two home runs in 08 and 09. He had 526 at-bats, or 452 official at-bats, and plate appearances was the other one too, but two home runs then. So he hit in his uh, time with the Brewers, which looks to be about 100 and 285 games played with them, he hit four home runs. Yeah. Which isn't enough for a catcher that's playing every day. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, so his stint with the Cubs, he only hit one homer in 57 games. Yeah. Uh, he hit 270. Jack, I remember, like, so in twenty in 2007, the Cubs made the playoffs that year. Yeah. Um, I remember being pleasantly surprised, like, pleasantly pleased with uh, with Jason Kendall. Yeah. Um, just for what he was. Like, I'm, I'm wondering, actually, I just pulled it up, but let me see what date they actually acquired him. Um, it was July 16th. Okay, so it was a non... Uh, you know, it was before the trade deadline. It wasn't a post, like a waiver wire deadline uh, trade. But uh, um, I remember being pleasantly, so, like, I was, I was, at, like, he was totally adequate. Um, and uh, I, I forget who the catcher was at that point. Um, oh, boy. It wasn't Soto yet because Soto came up in 08, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but someone, I think they had a catcher that went down um, and uh, he filled in and, like, he, he was, yeah, he was, he was all right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like just, there was no power there for sure. No. Um, well, I think, and to be fair too, the Brewers were coming off, uh, Johnny Estrada, I believe, uh, oh, who, God, who had yeah. been their catcher in 2007. Oh, so, awesome. uh, and anything seemed like it was going to be an upgrade, <laughs> uh, and it was not, unfortunately. Yeah, that's an awesome name. Oh, of course. Okay. So Michael Barrett was on that team. Okay. Um, you know, he might've been... He might have got beat up by Carl Zambrano or something, and he was on the DL, and so maybe uh, Kendall like filled in for him. Or something. Sure, yeah, something. I'm sure something stupid happened with Barrett. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, I was gonna say I've never told this story even to you, Jeremy. But uh-huh. uh, speaking of Johnny Estrada, I have a fu- <laughs> I have a funny Johnny Estrada story. Yes. So this is from a long time ago. This must have been from 2001. I think it would have been his rookie year with the Phillies. But he, um, my family had taken a vacation to San Francisco, uh-huh. um, uh, and so we went. We were gonna go to a Giants game. Uh, that might have been the year that Bonds hit uh, 73 home runs. Um, okay. But anyway, so that that was like one exciting thing about the game. But so, and this was also right when Pac Bell Park had just opened, so it was a really tough ticket. Anyway, we uh, we went to the Giants game, but they were playing the Phillies, and we got there super early. Uh, so I wanted to get some autographs. So like Johnny Estrada was hanging out kind of by the dugout, whatever. <laughs> and, but I didn't really have anything to get an autograph on. For some reason, I didn't have a program. So like uh, my parents gave me like just this like piece of paper to get signed. I think it was like from the hotel. Uh-huh. And so I give it to Johnny Estrada to sign. And he like he like looks it over like he's like kind of confused or like shocked. He's like, oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh. And then he kind of looks it over, and then he signs, and he's like, "Oh, I just wanted to make sure it like wasn't a check or something." It's like, what? What did you think? Like this, this kid was gonna give you a a, a blank check to sign or something? What were you thinking? Like, so that's just yeah. a fucking that shows you what a fucking meathead Johnny Estrada is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe comes from slack because he's probably been concussed as a catcher. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that seems totally. It's like 
dude, what do you? What, I'm a little kid, and I know like this is ridiculous what you're yeah. doing. But I wonder if I still have that like with if I because I'm sure we had ended up getting a program at the game with a yeah. scorecard. So I'm, I wonder if I like slipped it in there. Ooh, yeah. Next time I go home, Jeremy, I'm gonna have to yeah. see if I got that Johnny Estrada <laughs> autograph somewhere. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah it would be know. almost funnier if I had completely lost it though. Well, sure, that would be fitting at least. Right. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, who's number three for the Cubs for you? Um, so this is an uh, this is a guy who um, did better after. Uh, okay. Uh, the Cubs. Nice. Uh, and I don't know if this. I don't know if like diehard Cubs fans would 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 agree with me on this one. But Gary Matthews Jr. Sure is a name that pops popped to my mind because yeah. I just I I remember like they lost him to waivers. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to pass him through waivers and he got claimed. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I, it's like I kind of liked him like when he was with the team, but like you look at his numbers and his numbers were not good. I I remember like I remember so okay. He was with the team. He, he actually played 23 games with the Padres uh, um, in 1999. <clears throat> but then he uh, came up. He was in uh, with the Cubs in 2000 and 2001. Yeah. And um, he was just a guy. I mean, in 2001, he had nine homers in 106 games. Mm-hmm. He was only hitting 217. But, um, you know, I, I pr- he probably was, like, flashing some good leather uh, in center field uh, for the Cubs that year. Uh, they lost him to waivers, and, like, I, it's like I kind of, like, liked him, I guess. Like, he was a guy on the team, and I'm like, oh, I was, you know, sorry to see him go. And then also just to be lost to waivers um, yep. and not get anything at all for him. Like, you always, like, want to – you always, like, want to at least get something, and then you follow that, that guy, and you're like, well, I hope he's, you know, as good as the guy you lose. Yeah. Um, but then he would go on and to, like – have all these highlight reel plays with uh, the Rangers and with the Angels and stuff. Yeah. And, like, <clears throat> so for years after they lost him, I was I just kept thinking, like, like oh, man, like, this hurts. Like, every time he made a good play, I'm like, he could have been doing that with the Cubs. Yeah. I don't know. And, like, obviously, like, in the grand scheme of things, he was, like, not that much to write home about. No. Um, he did make the All-Star team in 2006 yep. he, uh, with the Rangers. He hit 19 homers, hit uh, 313. Pretty pretty good. Um but uh, but you know inconsequential ultimately in the long run because uh, his career never was not amounted to much. But he was always like known for his defense, and so like that was a guy that like I would see and I'd be like, man, he he was on the Cubs. He could have you know I wish he could have done something with the Cubs or whatever. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, I, my, my most uh, the reason I knew him uh, was just because he was I, I always thought he was Gary Matthews Jr. Um, but on baseball reference, he's, he's oddly enough listed just as Gary Matthews. Did he like drop oh, that? Really? Did he drop that at some point? Did he drop the junior at some point? Do you um, remember him being known as Gary Matthews did Jr.? Did I say, I wrote it down, Gary Matthews Jr. Yeah, I interesting. Think I, did I say, I think I said Gary Matthews You might have, you might have. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, he's not listed on, on baseball reference as Gary Matthews Jr. He's not, no, that's odd. But I feel like that was almost like his uh, calling card, sort of like Lee Mayberry Jr. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, he had some good years with Texas, a couple good years with LA. But uh, yeah, yeah, I guess he just you know he never did it with the Cubs. Maybe he was just a change of scenery guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like I, he was just like a nice piece to have yeah. or something. Like you know, I mean, it, it's like almost like and in those days of being a Cubs fan, it's like you know, Cubs fans were passionate about a guy like Gary Matthews Jr. Right, and it's like really in the grand scheme of things, it's like. You can take or leave this guy, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but but yeah, like you know, you I would just see him like going. It, it's like you know, bringing up with a, 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 the the girl that got away or something. You, know, <laughs> you see her and you're like, ah, you know, we could have had something there, right? Or something. So, so yeah, Gary Matthews Jr. Okay, well, well let's have some nice. Uh, let's continue this nice symmetry we have going here. <clears throat> uh, I'll talk about a brewer who was better after he got uh, well cut. Uh, Scooter Janet uh, yeah. is the guy I'm going to bring up now. Uh, so Janet, um, the Brewers just let him walk, I think. They were just like, yeah. they just cut him. Yeah. And then the Reds signed him. And then in two years, he proceeded to hit 50 home runs. Yeah. <laughs> and in one year, he drove in 97 runs. One year, he drove in 92 runs. His first year, he hit 295. His second year, he hit 310. Uh, and I remember for the longest time, too, he was in, that was 2018. That was just last year. He was an all-star. And for the, a long time, he was leading the league in hits. Uh, apparently, that didn't hold. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he turned into a good player. He got hurt I, maybe in spring training, uh, and then Derek Dietrich uh, happened. And so I guess the Reds uh, decided yeah. to go all in on Derek Dietrich, and just once again, Scooter Jennett got cut, yeah. and now he's on in the baseball wasteland on the Giants, where yeah. he will surely never be heard from again. For sure. Jack, I like I like that you call him Scooter Jennett and not Scooter Jeanette. Is it what? I don't even... Is it is it Jeanette? It's Jeanette, but, like, I, I think that that speaks to, like, how... 
memorable yeah. he was with the Brewers is that he's not even worth saying his name the right way. See, I, I feel like I've known that. I feel like I've known that a lot. But I've seen the guy play live. I've yeah, heard his yeah, name yeah. pronounced plenty of times. I can never, I can never get it right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's it's Jeanette, but like, yeah, and you're, um, and I think you're right. You're right. But like, yeah, I mean, like. And the height of his like post uh, Brewers career was uh, he had four homers in a game, right? He did, yeah, um, yeah. So like, that's certainly someone that I would be furious about, like watching do well after leaving uh, the, my team. For sure. Well, he was he was always kind of just like a, I remember you you said that like c- former Cubs catcher John Baker was like an airhead. Like <laughs> oh, yeah, Scooter yeah, yeah. Scooter Janet was just kind of an airhead. Well, he cut so he had an injury. I thought you were going to say this. He, got, he had an injury with the Brewers where he cut himself on like his soap dish in the in the shower or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Who knows if that's like there's more well, to sure, that. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. But yeah. like he um also like so th- there was a, a story in the Journal Sentinel about like when he got drafted and signed and stuff he he uh missed he was gonna go to his sat and he missed it like he he got the directions <laughs> wrong and he just missed it and oh, he was like Jesus. well i ended up getting drafted and i signed so it didn't matter <laughs> it's like i never even took his sat just because he he couldn't he got lost yeah the way there. he that's, got lost yeah that's great um um here's yeah i pulled up a picture jack of like these stitches in his hand oof. so he's uh he's jeanette says finger was sliced on soap tray in in Pittsburgh locker room. Yeah. So I don't know if he like punched something, but like he was reaching for a bottle of body wash in the shower after a recent game and sliced his middle finger. <laughs> so yeah, maybe this guy is just a complete bonehead. Yeah. Maybe it, that's why they called him Scooter. Yeah. It, right. Um, after a Muppets character. Yeah. Or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Scooter Janet. But you know what, Jeremy? He's a guy. I'm not really sad that he's gone. I, I don't. Yeah. I think that um, when he was on the team, he was a guy that I would always complain about to you. Yeah. So uh, sort of like Chris Davis. So I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, even though he's he's gone on to success, like you know, they can whatever team ends up with him next year, they can have him. Is Chris Davis on your list? You know, he wasn't. He wasn't. Okay. Uh, but he certainly could be. Uh, yeah. He actually like, I thought that he had potential with the Brewers, but like he's just an American League player. He's got a he's got a noodle for an arm. Yeah. But the fact <laughs> yeah. the fact that he can hit over forty home runs in Oakland uh, yeah. is is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's he's kind of a fun guy to like look at his numbers and stuff. But yeah, uh, but yeah, again, yeah, it's just it's kind of like it's 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 kind of greedy in a way because it's like obviously you can't roster all these guys or whatever. Right. Like if you if the Brewers kept. Um, Chris Davis, they probably wouldn't have Christian Yelich right, right now. Right, or, like, or Lorenzo Cain. Yeah, you know? there would be some sort of fall, like chain reaction to that. So it's yep. like, um, so it make it, you know, it's like you can't have everybody. But like, yeah, again, like you see a guy who hits 49, 50 homers, whatever, and it's like, oh, we could, we should, we had him, we should still have him. You know? Yeah, or or the flip side of that too, Jeremy, is even though maybe you're not sad you don't have the guy anymore, you still wish you would have gotten a little more for him. Uh, yeah. you know, coming out of how he left. Yeah, uh, for the sure. Brewers got nothing. For Scooter yeah. Janet, and they got Jacob Nottingham for Chris Davis. So nothing <laughs> yeah. again, nothing but some racist tweets that had to be deleted uh, <laughs> in the wake of the Josh Hader <laughs> mess. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, so yeah, uh, Scooter Janet is is my uh, one of my picks for uh, a guy who did better. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so um, okay, so I have um, so uh, this is another one that I feel like is a little bit uh, on the nose, but um, you know if you Google like uh, worst free agent signings in Cubs history. This guy will be on the list, but uh, it's worth mentioning for, for maybe outside reasons. But uh, Milton Bradley. Yeah. Um, and, like, personally, for me, when the Cubs signed Milton Bradley, I was I was skeptical of the signing because he had only, like, had, like, one really standout year. They were signing him for, like... I mean, he had some good years, but, like, they were signing him for, like, his um, average and then, like his like above average power which Mm -hmm. was never huge but like you know so the year before they signed him in 2008 uh with the rangers he hit 22 homers and uh batted 321 um with a 999 ops yeah um really good really good numbers um the year before that he was injured because i i'm pretty sure that was the year that he like tore his knee Mm -hmm. arguing at first base yeah with the padres which is a weird uh, injury. If anyone doesn't remember that, he was like he was like called out at first base, and um, he was arguing with the first base uh, umpire. And then I think like the first base coach went to hold him back, and they got like twisted up, and like Nolan Bradley fell and tore like his like ACL or tore up his knee, like blew out his knee basically. Yeah, and it was just pathetic. And it's like Milton Bradley was always known as a hothead, but then like he does something like that, and it's just like it's 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 even more like pathetic like to like to be ranting like a baby and then like actually fuck up your knee like yes um and so he had like you know he had some like decent numbers but 
nothing that warranted like the size of the contract he signed, which again I don't I don't know exactly what it was, but um, uh, let's we can see. look it up here. Yeah, sure, go for it. Um, yeah, you, Jeremy, my biggest uh, Milton Bradley memory. Uh, so it looks like here it must have been uh, at least for like almost thirty million dollars. I see he played uh, two years with the Mariners. Did the Cubs trade him eventually? Uh, that's a good question. Let me pull yeah. up his uh, transactions, transactions here. Because uh, yeah. Yeah. For Carlos Silva oh, yeah. and Cash. I remember. Oh, God, Carlos Silva. <laughs> That's like a guy who, like, had no, like, curve to the back of his head. It was just like a, it was just like a block. Like, it was just like a rectangle on top of the head with a hat on it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then he, he, I actually think I saw Carlos Silva make one of his few starts with the Cubs, too. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, you know, you go to too many games. That's the price you pay for going to too many games. Right. Uh, the big, my biggest memory of Milton Bradley is that when he was on the Cubs, my uh, my dad and I went to a game, and Milton Bradley was in the on deck circle, and he was taking swings from like both sides of the plate, <laughs> like as a righty and a lefty. Yeah. Like, great. and we were like, what, what? What's he doing? Yeah, it's a like, ga- is it a game time decision or something? Like, yeah, like, he's gonna call an audible in the you know on his way to the batter's box. Yeah, the guy's just a, a nut. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was definitely a bad one for the Cubs. Speaking of swinging from both sides of the plate, did you see the Baez left-handed? At yes, bat? yes, I did. He, yeah, flew out to center. Um, yeah. yeah, well, they say he can do everything left-handed, but baseball. Yeah, I should say this, Jack. I, this is uh, we're, there's a lot of uh, side uh, detours here, but um, I went to uh, that baseball card. Oh, yeah. Um, convention this past weekend, and I got Andre Dawson's autograph. Nice. Um, he signs his autograph left-handed. Mm. He also signs it really weird. He's got one of the most beautiful signatures in, in baseball. Mm-hmm. But, like, Jack, I'm going to display for you how he did it. So he, I had him sign the scorecard that I think we talked about. Yes, for yes. sure. This is a good follow-up. Like, this is like um, people can get the rest of the story. Yeah. Now. But he took my scorecard. <clears throat> he turned it, like, 90 degrees um clockwise okay like i'm displaying here and he signs it left-handed and he signed his name like he signed it like this like this basically mm-hmm. and then he even wrote like the hall of fame like sideways yeah so he signed it like he likes to write at an angle he yeah at, at like a, at an extreme 90 degree angle yeah like not like just when you curve it a little bit but like uh-huh. he wrote it he he turned it like yeah one like he turned it like whatever like uh 45 degrees Clockwise, or yeah. It was it was weird, uh, but anyway. Um, uh, so so yeah. So um, uh, yes, Baez. I thought Baez was gonna like pull his oblique, like because he swung so freaking hard. I was gonna say hand. like you know it's it's a fun thing to happen, but yeah. like if he would have gotten injured somehow doing that, uh, it would have been uh, ridiculous. It, it was like it would have been like was it Strope who got injured last last year, or the year before, like trying to run out a ground ball? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's 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 bad, um, but uh, Javi lives a charmed baseball life, so that that wouldn't have happened. To yes, him. he does. Um, but so my Milton Brad, the whole the whole benefit of bringing up Milton Bradley for me is I get to tell my Joe Buck story. Ooh, okay. So um, I'm surprised that this hasn't come up yet on the podcast. It only took 53 episodes. Well, but... Johnny Estrada, Joe Buck, like we're <laughs> digging deep tonight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, let's see. This was I want to say 2009. I went to like the BMW Championship uh, golf tournament, uh, which was in like Medina, um, like like in the suburbs of Chicago, like at the Medina Country Club or whatever. And it was one of the, uh, it was I went for a practice round, so it was like the Wednesday or the Tuesday even or something. And it was a pro am actually. It was actually a pro am round, um, and Tiger Woods was was golfing. And oh, cool! <clears throat> it was. Um, when when they recounted all of his uh, exploits with various porn stars, yes, uh, one of them happened in Chicago, and I'm pretty sure it was like it could have been that day. That actually. day, okay. It was definitely like when he was in town for that tournament, um, and I would assume he wouldn't have had a rendezvous like once the tournament actually started. So I bet it was either the night before or that night when I saw him, nice. which is interesting. But uh, so there was a there was a foursome or whatever, and Joe Buck was was there golfing. Um, and uh, I was there at the tournament, and I wore my Cubs hat. And um, God, who was who were the actual golfers? I can't remember. I, I want to say it was like Luke Donald or something, and like Joe Buck. And um, they all teed off, and so they're they're walking to like the the, the ball or whatever, and so they're leaving the the. Uh, you know, whatever the tea, the tea box or whatever, and uh, as I timed it perfectly because I got like right to the front of the gallery, uh, waited for them all to tee off, and then um, they were they were starting to walk to their balls, and Joe Buck like walks away, 
and he's he's walking away, and I go like, "Hey, Joe, Cubs fans love you," or something. And like yeah. I said, like Chicago, like you're they love you in Chicago, and uh, and he he stops and he turns around, and he looks at me, and he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like. You guys love Milton Bradley, <laughs> and uh, and so like oh yeah well so I could have I could have said what year it was um so yeah the year uh, that he was with the Cubs was oh nine yeah so it was yep. in two thousand nine so yep. um so yeah he so he said that and like and like I was like I he he put me, he threw me back on my heels a little bit because I didn't yeah. expect him to kind of throw back with me like that um you would think that I would have like gained some respect for him that day but I didn't I still dislike him okay uh, to this day but. Um, you know, I, I I said something, but it wasn't as good as like any of the the things, the first two things that were said. So, um, but uh, my friend did get a picture of me um, standing in front of Joe Buck while he was bending down to like pick up his ball, like with my with my thumb pointing down. So I'll I'll dig that picture up and throw it on the. Uh, on yeah, the website or whatever. Jeremy, I feel like uh, there, there's like a whole list of pictures of you like that. I think isn't there a picture <laughs> of like you and then like in the background is like Brian Erlacher, but his back is to the camera well, or something like that. <laughs> I wasn't giving Erlacher the thumbs down, but there is a picture of me um, as a little kid when I was on the Reds. When I was like when I was uh, we talked about our little league uh, memories episode. I was on the Reds, so me and um, me and my friend who were we were both Reds fans in 1990. We were at a White Sox game with like all of our like Reds gear on. They weren't even playing the Reds at that time. Uh, but we were wore all Reds gear and um, we were my mom took a picture of us in front of like the old Comiskey Park. Like it was as it was like in the process of being torn down and we're standing there with our thumbs down. <laughs> so, and it wasn't because we were sad that Comiskey Park closed. It was in it was a uh, you know, a revolt against the White Sox as an entity. So, right there, you go. There are multiple pictures of me giving a thumbs down. Yes, for I, sure. Well, I will say, Jeremy, that uh, that that story does make me like Joe Buck a little bit more. Uh-huh. I'm a little disappointed in you that you hadn't told me it previously. Because I mean, oh, it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a wise ass thing to say. Yeah, like, for sure. It, it's it's a good retort. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. It was. He kept it like topical. Like um, he didn't like. You know, he didn't go out of range or whatever. It was baseball related, and it was in. It was uh, indefensible. Like I, I had no comeback. I could. I, I should have said like, "Yeah, we do love Joe. We do love Milton Bradley." Like and he would have been like, "Yeah, right," and just like walked away. Like so. So yeah, it was. It was like. It was like um, an indefensible move, like in chess or something. So, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty it was good. An en passant. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, now that's a, that's a deep cut, Jeremy, <laughs> for all you chess fans out there. <laughs> nice. uh, okay, so let's uh, let's keep it to um, uh, bad free agent signing. So I, I grouped these two clowns together, but okay. it was uh, Jeff Sapan and Matt Garza. Uh, oh, two, God. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you could throw Randy Wolf in there, too. Okay. It was just like this string of pitchers in the uh, uh, 2010, 2009, 2010, that era, era that Doug Melvin was giving four-year contracts to. Yeah. Uh, the string of, like, veteran pitchers who were never really that good. Yeah, um, no. Jeff Supan never impressed me, uh, even before he was on the Brewers. But he was a guy that, like, they got, and they're like, okay, this is their big free agent signing now. Like, this is the... Yeah. They're really ready to go for it now, because that was in 07, I want to say, his first okay. year with them was. So that was, like, right when Fielder... Uh, was up and he was starting to become a superstar and like they were right Braun was right about to come up they had Ricky Weeks Corey Hart so like they had this good core yeah. and Jeff Sapan was supposed to be the last piece the vet- <laughs> the veteran pitcher to like you know bring all these guys together and yeah. really do it and uh, yeah he was just fucking garbage for the Brewers yeah the <clears throat> so the uh, Supan side like I, there was a time as a Cubs fan um, just observing the Brewers from a distance and like I my observation of the Brewers were that they would that they seemed like the Cubs of the '90s, where they would like they would make a signing just to make a signing, and it's like this is not the right piece. Like it's like they wouldn't fully commit to like signing like a a big pitcher or whatever. Yeah. And like, um, <clears throat> like you know, maybe they should have. I mean, there was no money. There's no amount in the world that would have kept CC Zabathia in Milwaukee. No, no. But like, it's like they need to just overpay for someone just to get someone there because like. They need. They. I always felt like they needed. To, and and I mean, even to this day, like they still haven't really like shelled out for like a free agent pitcher. No, no. And <clears throat> Jeremy, this this contract was uh, what's twenty five plus. Uh, so it he, it was like a 
$40 million contract. Yeah. He signed a four-year, $40 million contract. And yeah, you're right. It wasn't the right move. In his first year with the Brewers, which was 2007 when they were trying to contend, he was 12-12 and with a 462 ERA. No, uh, his next year, good. he was he started 31 games. He had a 550... Uh, wait, no, no. I'm not, I'm not looking at the right... Yeah, 496 ERA, 2009, a 529 ERA. And he was starting 30-plus games every year. Like, what the... What, what's going on with yeah, this that, guy? That's bad. That sounds like uh, two guys on my list that are coming up. Oh, so. okay. Well, yeah. uh, so this is kind of a, a twofer here, uh, this next one. Uh, this is another Cubs and Brewers uh, <laughs> combined is Matt Garza. Yeah. I'm not going to go over Matt Garza's numbers, uh, which were pedestrian uh, at best sure. for the Brewers. I think his best year was maybe like 14. His ERA was probably about 350. But this guy was just an asshole, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, for Matt sure. Garza's an <clears throat> asshole. Yeah, 100%. Uh, his it wasn't 2016, but I think it was 2015. Uh, he was pitching really poorly or something, or he was injured, and the Brewers are like, uh, "Okay, we're not going to start you anymore. Like you're going to pitch out of the bullpen now." Right. Yeah. And he he just took his ball and he went home. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Um, literally. Yeah. He, yeah. He literally. Yeah. He literally he went left home. The team, he yeah. left the team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He left the team because he was so mad. And I think he was mad because he wasn't going to. He had some clause in his contract that said if he got a certain number of innings, he would make like five million more dollars or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, that be, like him not starting. Was going to make uh, him not uh, get that get that clause uh, ha- and have that go into effect. Uh, he did some other thing too, where he uh, I forget which player he called out, but he told that player uh, his. Oh, it was Eric Sogard. Yes, yeah. I was yeah. going to say he called Eric Sogard a nerd or something. Yeah, he called like Eric Sogard a nerd, and then he started ripping on Eric Sogard's wife and was like, yeah, this is a man's game. Like, what, are you going to let your wife talk? It's man's game. Uh, I, yeah, th- that story is available somewhere to find. We, it's been a while since we've talked about We have, def- Jack, you and I have definitely had conversations about Matt Garza and yeah. how much of a piece of shit he is, yeah. uh, to, to use a, a, an oft-used expression. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, I'm, I've forgotten a lot of his bullshit, and I'm, I'm glad that I did because I don't need to remember it. But, like, I mean, yeah, he was an asshole when he was with the Cubs. Like, he kept – he was, like, mad that he was, like, mentioned in trade talks. And it's mm-hmm. like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, like this is, like – this is baseball, and it's like, yeah, you know, you just got to, like, deal – you have to understand the situation you're in. Um, of course, the Cubs traded – Chris Archer for him, (laughs) you know, which sucked. Um, Finally, now it's like, uh, you know, you can kind of get over it a little bit, but like, yeah, but, but, uh, but yeah, so he was just, he, yeah, he was just all around just, just fucking loser. Yeah. Well, uh, Jeremy, you said you had a couple of high ERA guys coming up. Yeah. I'll I'll bump those up to the next of the list. And, And again, this is like, so let me just say this really quick. Like the nineties Cubs, like being a Cubs fan in the nineties, like, it was just all like, like, like guys like the like the nineties Cubs. The moves that they would make were just signing like just bums at the end of their end of their careers. It's almost like what the White Sox were doing in like twenty fourteen through you know twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just like and like you know and, and this is where like the lovable losers like concept like gained even more fuel because it's like they never tried to feel the of. A, a, a contending team and it's like if they got if they were good on accident it was like like oh this is a nice surprise or whatever but like you know so there was like dave smith was like a relief pitcher for the astros who was good and he ended up being dog shit with the cubs mel rojas was another closer who from, came over from the expos just a bunch of crap candy maldonado was oh, on yeah. the team at one point can't, the old indian player yeah exactly uh kel daniels was a guy like from the dodgers who was like on his last legs he um literally because the most memorable thing of and this is another piece of baseball footage I would love to see. It's like I one in early game like in April with the with the Cubs, I think it was in April, Kel Daniels was like maybe on first or second base and someone who was behind him hit like a gap a gapper or something and Daniels had to like run home and like somewhere between third and, and home he just like collapsed. And it was just because he was like old and out of shape. <laughs> and he couldn't he couldn't make it. He just like he was like uh, 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 and then he just fell and it's like and he got thrown out at home and it's like this is fucking pathetic. But that's what it, that's like what being a Cubs that like that that moment is like it can speak for like the whole Cubs fan experience in the in the nineties basically. Um, but two guys who are part of that list, um, I'll just group them together are Danny Jackson and Mike Morgan. Okay, just fucking like guys that the Cub that the Cubs sign. I mean, I would I would liken it to like this the Supon thing, like. It's just like a pitcher who, like, I get, I guess, are innings eaters. But it's like, <clears throat> and I guess, I mean, when you're a bad team, I guess you're just you're just looking for someone to fill it. Like, it's like you know, you're just looking to fill your time or something. Like, yeah. if you're like, 
you know, uh, living in the country or like uh, in jail or something. You just find something to fill the time. And so yeah. like, like they just needed to fill some innings. And so like Danny Jackson and Mike Morgan, I guess, were like as good as anybody. But like they signed big contracts. I think they signed the same year. And they were just – they were shit. They were horrible. Mike Morgan – Mike Morgan actually had one good year with the Cubs, I think, which like I was looking at his, his stats at one point and like it kind of blew my mind a little bit that he had a good year. Yeah. But like Danny Jackson was horrible. Like I just have memories of them just giving up home runs after home runs. Like that one of them might have led the league actually in, in home runs allowed. Uh, in like ninety two or ninety three or something. Yeah, it was. Well, so Jackson um, in nineteen ninety two, it looks like he. Well, ninety one, he had a six seventy five ERA with the Cubs. Jeremy yeah, in awesome. seventy and two thirds innings. Great. Um, I'm trying to find his home runs here. Yeah, uh, I, it, it might have been Morgan too. So I'll, I'll try to find Morgan on here in a second. I think but, Mike. Yeah, I feel like Mike Morgan gave up like a. Uh, he actually stuck with the Cubs until like I want to say ninety eight. I think he yeah, gave he was up, on the Cubs for a long time. Yeah, he gave up one of those home runs to Mike uh, to Mark McGuire. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, it looks like he left the Cubs for a little while and then came back to them okay. in '98. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I mean his, his stats in 1994 for them were garbage. He was two and ten with a 6.69 ERA. Man. Yeah, and he pitched uh, his first two years with the Cubs. He had over 200 innings pitched uh, each season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this guy, like you said, Jeremy, he's uh, you know he's like Steve McQueen uh, in the <laughs> the Great Escape. You know, throwing a you're just throwing a baseball against the wall at that <laughs> yeah, point. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, like so uh, you know these guys like had like. <clears throat> <clears throat> good he they had like somewhat of a successful track record coming into Chicago but it's like they were just fucking like guys to to fill time just to say like hey we signed somebody and like they Never moved the needle at all for the Cubs. Sure. Bad stuff. Well, uh, to keep it on pitchers, uh, a guy, uh, Eric Gagne, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, you know, you may not even recall that he was with the Brewers. He, uh, he I recall he was with the Brewers because he um, was... The uh, I guess it was 08. Was that Fukudome's rookie year? 08? Uh, yeah, so it was 2008, and I believe that was Fukudome's rookie year as so well. He, yeah, he was on the mound to close out like uh, a, a win for the for the Brewers um, on opening day uh, in Chicago, and Fukudome hit like a two run uh, game tying homer, and that was like one of my best moment, like memories as a Cub. Like I was like beating my dad when when the ball went out of the park. Yeah, the Cubs ended up going on to lose that game in 10 or 11 innings or whatever, but. Um, but I remember it was off of Gagne. Yeah, yeah uh, so Jeremy. They paid him. Uh, it was they signed him to a one-year, ten million dollar contract, uh, and for that they were rewarded with a five forty-four ERA and ten saves over forty-six and a third innings. That's bad uh, for ten million bucks. I'm not yeah. sure if they. Uh, I wonder if they released him in that 2008 year. Yeah, but I mean, he had sixty-seven saves. I think that was the year that he won the uh, the Cy, Cy Young, Young Award. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so March, uh, oh yeah, so no, he pitched the whole season because he was released on March 8th of 2009 by the Brewers. So they, they just, they stuck, they stuck, they wanted to get their money's worth. They weren't gonna, they weren't yeah. gonna give up on the guy. <clears throat> he made it to camp with them the next year, I guess. Huh? Yeah, it seems, seems like it. Um, so yeah, uh, no, he had 55 saves, but he finished 67 games in 03. But he was a yeah. steroid guy. Well, he had, that, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like, that's, <clears throat> that's one of the like asterisks for some of these guys and like, okay, so my next guy can fit, fall in that category sure. as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like, that's almost unfair and I would put Todd Hundley in that category because yeah. I, I would not doubt for oh, a second yeah. that he did steroids uh-huh. yep he might have even been on the Mitchell report I don't remember but uh-huh. uh, he's not worth remembering so um but yeah so Eric Garnier yeah for sure like that, that guy was just like I don't think anyone outside of maybe some like Dodgers fans who actually paid attention to Dodgers baseball were excited and I guess some and Canadians maybe Cana- like <laughs> the few Canadian baseball fans that that still existed um, were ex- even excited about Gagne's like career like that season that he like had all those saves like yeah. he just seemed like I don't know he it just seemed like no one like cared about him and like or like like there was no like goodwill about what he did and like he just uh, I I mean he almost like seemed like he was like known to be on steroids at the time or something. But. Yeah, um, and that that was also just a part of a revolving door of Brewers closers at that point. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. they had let Francisco Cordero walk at that point, so then they signed Gagne, but then they ended up going to Turnbow, and then oh. uh, uh, Axford was after that. Um, uh, Turnbow, famously, as you've said, was one of the ugliest men uh, to ever play baseball. He, he won one of our official awards. Unofficial he did. Awards, right? I think he won uh, the ugly, maybe the ugliest player award, or yeah. I don't know if it was exactly called that. I wonder if we could do an all-ugly team episode. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ron Karkovice behind the plate. <laughs> Sorry, um, Ron. Yeah. 
Yeah, sorry, Ron Carcavice. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Jeremy, who was the steroid guy you were going to bring up? Well, Luis Gonzalez. Ooh, yep. Yep. Like, yeah. Was with the Cubs for part of one season? Yeah. No, I guess he was with them for part of one season and then a whole second season. But okay. um, So when he was with the Cubs, he came over to the Cubs in 1995 and he played the whole 96 season with them. Um, combined, he hit 22 homers. Um, his average was good. He averaged probably 280, <laughs> somewhere around there, because mm-hmm. he hit 290 and 271. Um, well, probably a little, yeah, I don't know, maybe in the high 270s. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think he was a fine player. But then they let him go. He actually went back to Houston because he came from Houston. Yeah. Spent that one year in Detroit. And then, um, uh, I don't know, he found a needle somewhere. And uh, yeah. a couple years later, he had 57 homers. Yeah, Jeremy, that was in 2001. I think that was the year the Diamondbacks won the World Series. His, his age 33 season. That's yeah. like that's like the Brady Anderson year. I feel, I feel like people bring up Brady Anderson a lot because he, he had about 57, 58 homers one yeah. year. But this is just as much of an outlier. That 57 home runs is 26 more home runs than Luis Gonzalez ever hit in any other season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, people, so Diamondbacks fans are, it's a fucking joke, Jeremy. So they boo, yeah. they boo Ryan Braun uh, <laughs> yeah. a ton when Brian, when Ryan Braun goes out there. Because in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the Brewers knocked off the Diamondbacks uh, while Braun was on steroids. So whenever mm-hmm. Braun goes back there, he gets a lot of hate. But like the Diamondbacks won that World Series on the back of steroids. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, it, you know, but, but yeah, Luis Gonzalez, Jeremy, were it not for baseball reference and you, I would have completely forgotten about his time with the Cubs. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, because, you know, they said that he was a nice guy or something. So yeah. So it's like he gets a pass, but um, he was still on steroids. So. Well, interesting. Definitely. Yeah, interestingly enough, too, wasn't uh, 1998, so he spent one odd year with the Tigers. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess this was not that year, because I was going to say, I remember the year that the Tigers opened up Comerica Park. Yeah. They signed, like, uh, uh, Jose, uh, what was his name? It Was it... Uh, the, Carnos, well, yeah. uh, no, so they signed Juan Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. I remember the year that uh, that they opened up Comerica Park to like uh-huh. you know ha- make a big splash, and yeah. Juan Gonzalez ended up hitting like twenty home runs that year <laughs> when he had been hitting like forty five. <laughs> right. And then the, the Tigers were like, shit, nobody can hit home runs in this park. <laughs> yeah. So then yeah, they moved yeah. the fences in. But yeah, okay, Luis Gonzalez. Yeah, definitely, a, definitely a steroid guy for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, and not not steroids, but Coors Field hitter uh, Jeffrey Hammonds okay. uh, is yeah. my. He's frequently you 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 search any uh, any list of Brewers free agents uh, busts, and Jeffrey Hammonds is always at the top of that list. I think he signed a three year, twenty two million dollar contract with the Brewers, which again, when it was I think two thousand one or two when he signed it, uh, that was a lot. That was a lot back then. But uh, yeah, the guy was just he had like one good year with the Rockies. And I remember being excited when they got him because, like, my dad and I were playing the 2000 Stratomatic season, and he was, like, leading the league in hitting um, with the Rockies. Uh, and he had a good year that year. He was an all-star in 2000 with the Rockies. He had 335 yeah. with 20 homers and 106 RBIs. Yeah, so coming wild. off of that, like, uh, I, was, I was excited when it happened, uh, when they signed him. I want to say uh, that Dean Taylor was the general manager for the Milwaukee Brewers. Do you remember Dean Taylor? I, do, I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely Dean Taylor. So Dean Taylor was just like some fucking... He, he looks like uh, he would have been like uh, one of the FBI guys on The Sopranos or something like that. I'm going to pull up a picture of Dean Taylor. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, only yeah. know, I only know Dean Eichstead from Holy Cross High School. Uh, uh, 19, class of 99. Uh, that was my high school, Jack. Oh, okay, Mr. okay. Mr. Eichstead was the dean. dean uh, oh, oh, so it's like an actual dean. That yeah, yeah. crusty old dean. Yeah, it's Jack, fu- Jack Eichstead. Yeah, ooh, okay. It's funny, I looked up Dean Taylor uh, in Milwaukee Brewers and like nothing was coming up. Like <laughs> even even Google doesn't, yeah, so look at look at this guy. Look at this fucking This that. guy right here? Yeah, that's, oh, dean, yeah. that's dean Taylor. He, yeah, he, your, your description is apt, Jack. He looks like a 90s, like, uh, FBI... Act, like extra or something. Yes, yeah, he does. Uh, so yeah, that's that's Dean Taylor for you, and that was like that was like Dean Taylor's big free agent signing. Dean Taylor did not last for a very long time. Uh, he was only the Brewers GM for he was the GM right on top of Sal Bando getting fired. It sounds like a clothing line or something. Like it doesn't sound like a baseball guy in any sense. Yeah, yeah like well, it's, it's like Chuck Taylor's. Aren't Chuck Taylor's like shoes? Yeah, yeah, kind of all stars. Yeah, so yeah, I'm wearing the new the new Dean Taylor's. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, that, that guy was a fucking bum and. 
he uh, he you know he signed Jeffrey Hammonds. So yeah. you know, good good for him. I was trying to remember who I like. I'm like, do I remember Jeffrey Hammonds as a Brewer? But like, I guess I remember. I can picture him now, like on his baseball card with the Orioles. Sure. So so yeah, I, that's I guess that's what he like. Who he, he's an Oriole. Yeah. yeah. How we talk about. I think we've talked about that. That's one thing we didn't talk about with Mark uh, Bubble Bath when he was on. Uh-huh. How we like say he's a this whatever. Sure. Like, well, yeah. I mean, I would say that Todd Hundley was a Met. Yeah, you know that sounds about right. Um, yeah, Eric sure. Gagne was a Dodger. Yeah, um, so sure. yeah, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, yeah. I'll let you. I'll let you finish it off, Jeremy. I'm mean, speaking just of guys who aren't Orioles. Uh, Jonathan Scope was the last guy on my list. Oh, I don't sure. have a lot to say about Jonathan Scope other than that, like the guy was a complete fucking disaster when the Brewers got him. Yeah. Um, last year, and he had a really good 2017. I think it was. I think he had like over 100 RBIs. Yeah. Um, and Des- yeah. Despite like the Brewers eliminating the Cubs last year, it was through no help of Jonathan Scope, really. No, no. Jonathan Scope, in his time with the Brewers last year, uh, played in 46 games, hit 202 in 124 yeah. official at-bats. Maybe his presence on the team uh, like lit a fire under Orlando Arcia's ass, maybe, yeah. to, like, to, and then he got that hit against the Cubs in the wild card game or yes, something. Yes, he did. Yeah. So maybe, that was, uh, maybe that's his contribution to the team. Right. Who, uh, <laughs> yeah, who, who lit a fire under that? What's, what's that catcher's name, Jerry? I always forget that catcher for the Rockies who had that winning hit for uh, uh, it, it was um, was, was it Murphy? Was it Tom Murphy? No, no, I don't mean that. I don't mean to put you on the spot there. Yeah. It was some it was some shitty guy for the Rockies who yeah, was like yeah. a third string catcher. I know fully well who he is, but I cannot remember his name right now. And I'm glad. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it to you. Was it Tony Walters? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, J- uh, Jonathan Scope and Jeremy, uh, to show you how pathetic he is, you actually, you you know, you, baseball fan of baseball fans, had to ask me who Jonathan Scope was on this year, and I was like, oh yeah, he's on the he's on the first place twins. So yeah. that's the level of an- anonymity Jonathan Scope is able to operate under. I kicked myself a little bit because, like, I'm he was part of the, like, my, my formula for thinking, like, oh, the, the twins could have a good year because yeah. they're, they have all these, like, kind of retread guys who just might all click, you know, right. but like, it doesn't seem like Scope is really contributing that much to no, the No, but you, first place. you were 100% right. Uh, that's one of those things that you heard here first, folks. Jeremy was one, one of the only guys saying that the Twins were going to make it, and uh, even though they're tied for first now, yeah. uh, they, they are. Yeah, the Indians have caught up to they're them a little well. bit, right? So, um, well, I got uh, two guys here to finish off my list. One is like, you know, not that exciting to me, like uh, DJ LeMayhew okay. is yeah. like a guy who like, yeah. you look at and like, it's it's a weird thing because it's like you this is goes back to our point before about like you can't keep everybody, right? And so it's like, you know, if the Cubs kept DJ LeMayhew, maybe Javier Baez got traded gets traded earlier or something. I don't know, but I would much rather have Javier Baez. LeMayhew's a great player. Um he you know, I I meant to pull up his numbers uh, yeah. as a Cub, uh but uh like, did he ever play in the majors with the Cubs? Oh yeah, for sure. Did he really? Yeah, thirty-seven games. Okay. Uh, no homers, two fifty batting average. Okay. Okay, but uh, in two thousand eleven. Yeah. Um and um yeah I mean I mean it was uh it was a while until he actually even like seemed to really raise any eyebrows in Colorado to be quite yeah. honest. But um, twenty fifteen his first All Star game that was in you know his he play he played parts of five major league seasons at that point. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, it was kind of a thing where, like, it's it's almost a thing where, like, because, like, Dontrell Willis is a name that, like, was in the Cubs organization, and I, we, you know, I watched him be really good with the the Marlins and a part of that 3 team that eliminated the Cubs, but, like, he was never, like, there was never any, like, I mean, I think maybe some people who were looking in the minors were like, oh, all right, Dontrell Willis, like, he's coming, he's going to be great, um, but... It's not like he ever like did anything for the team. LeMahieu, same thing. It's kind of like they let him go, and at the time they let him go, it's like, well, I don't know if he was going to be any good or not. It doesn't matter because the team sucks. So what, what difference does it make, you know? Yeah. Um, they got him for. Uh, they traded. Uh, I think they they got uh, Ian Stewart for him. Um, and uh, yeah, Ian Stewart, Oof. and it's like that's rough. I mean, this goes back to like you wish maybe they would have at least gotten a little better return for the guy. For sure, yeah. I mean, at the time, like I, I thought Ian Stewart could be good. Um, it was. I feel like this was one of uh, Theo's first moves with the Cubs is to trade. He traded Lemayhew and Tyler Colvin. Um, freshly with the puncture wound in his throat from a baseball bat <laughs> um, for uh, Ian Stewart basically, and like Ian Stewart did nothing. So yeah, um, yeah. I think he started. I think he made. I think he started the home opener one year for the for the Cubs, or made the opening day roster, or like started opening day. Um, but 
so anyway, so like DJ LeMay, who's one of those guys like you see and you're like, ah, he, you know, he was a Cub, but um, it's not like there was a, this, a deep chasm, partially because you had a Javier Baez, you had even Addison Russell or Ben Zobrist, and it's like you weren't really missing him that much. No, I no. Mean, he, obviously, any team would be happy to have a guy like him, Yeah, but the Cubs won the World Series. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, um, Jeremy, just before you go on, I was going to yeah. say that Michael Brantley is kind of the Brewers version of that, okay. even though Brantley yeah. never played in the bigs with Milwaukee. He was the player to be named later in the Sabathia trade. And I've yeah. kind of gotten over the fact that he's not on the team anymore yeah. uh, or never got to be on the team. He had some great years with Cleveland, but I, I feel like he was hurt for like five whole seasons before he's now once again having a good year with the Astros. Yeah, right. So, you know, yeah, it's a shame to shame to lose guys like that, but, uh, you know, you move on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, the last guy on my list, um, again, uh, <clears throat> worth mentioning here, uh, LaTroy Hawkins. Okay. I think like, he was also on the Brewers, Jeremy. He was, yeah. Yep. I mean, he was on like every team. Every team, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, he he's on a bunch of lists. Like, if you Google, like, worst, like, free agent bust for the Cubs. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. His numbers were not bad uh, with the Cubs. Um, okay, as a Cub, over two seasons, he had a 276 ERA, uh, 29 saves. Um, but the problem with Latroy Hawkins is that he was a complete shithead. Really? Uh, so what, what, what is the specific uh, instance? So... I don't know if it was the first. Or, well, he was. Yeah, I don't know if it was in '04 or '05, but um, he uh, he blew a game and he was giving like a post game press conference and like some reporter asked him a question and he got he kind of had a meltdown and he's like, "I can do your job, you can't do my job," and it's like, and he just kept he went off and like I think they had to like take him like they had to escort him out of the press conference because yeah. he went crazy and he had yeah. like the crazy eyes he pulled a Jason Vargas yeah basically yeah and he was like yeah he was like he was swearing and he, I just remember the line from that is like I can do your job you can't do my yeah, job and I might I'm not sure about that Let, let's see Latroy Hawkins try to you know right meet, meet a tw- deadline yeah, yeah no exactly no the, I'm, I have one thousand uh, percent belief that he could not write an article worth. Like, 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 worth reading at all, even like without breaking like spell check on his computer. No, I'm sure he could not write an article at all. He couldn't write a, you know, a think piece about a, you know, a, a children's birthday party or something. I don't like. No, no, not at all, not at all. He could not at all could he write an article. Um, and uh, so, you know, <coughs> the other thing that really went against him is that Dusty Baker loved him. Mm-hmm. And insisted on putting him in like, like the closer role or trying him out as a closer. Like he was always a, a, a setup guy. Yeah. Like it's one of those things. Like kind of like with Pedro Strope a little bit. It's like the guy is good in the eighth inning. Leave him in the eighth inning and find someone else to to, to close. Even like it's like I, I always think of like bullpens. Like it's like you have a really like Carlos Marmol was kind of like the same way. It's like you have a really good eighth inning guy. Leave him in the eighth inning and then find try someone else in the ninth. I know they say like the last three outs are the hardest to get in the game, but it's like let someone else try to be a closer. Don't don't take a guy who's already good at one thing and possibly make him bad at the other thing because then you have to fill in the eighth inning and like um, you know that's why I've been like pleading for Strope to stay in the eighth inning and just try someone else in the ninth inning. Yeah, you've been advocating for that uh, you know since the start of the season. Yeah, for sure, and it's like. Yeah, it's like if, if Latroy Hawkins... So Latroy Hawkins gave up like this home run to Victor Diaz on the Mets in like the last week of the season in 2004, and the Cubs like blew their playoff chances. Uh, I'll never forget that um, because I was sitting with uh, former guest Ben Perkins uh, in our apartment when we were roommates, and uh, we were watching it. Uh, the, the Cubs were in New York, and uh, he my, my Ben turns to me and he's like, and no matter what happens this year, Dusty did a hell of a job with the team. And then, like, it, before he could even finish the word, like, the ball is flying <laughs> out of center field, uh, <laughs> like, by this guy, Victor Diaz. And I only remember him because he went to high school in Chicago at Clemente High School. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just remember all of that. And the Cubs didn't make they, – they were in first place, like, to start the last week of the season and ended up falling out and, and not making the playoffs. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so, like – Latroy Hawkins should have never been in a closer's role, so he gave up that homer, um, and I never let Ben forget that he said that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but like he would have been fine if they just kept him as an eighth inning guy. Yeah. Um, and so and like in terms of like before and after, like so he he was really great with the the Twins uh, yes. before he came over to the Cubs, and 
then it like kind of like it's started this whole like slew of him like being on a different team every year or maybe even like mo- like two three teams in one yep. year. Yep. Um. So, but but prior to the Cubs, he had been like a, a a twin for life. Yeah, he was a stalwart with them. Yeah, exactly. And so I, you know, I don't know. He um, did. Yeah, and he spent two years with the Brewers in 2010 and 2011. Uh, 2011, the year the Brewers made the NLCS. So he was on a on a good Brewers team, and he had a good year. He pitched 48 innings that year at a 2.42 ERA. Um, yeah, so he was pretty solid, and he was an old man at that point. He was 38 years old. Yeah, um, eleven teams overall, I counted. Yeah, that's 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 a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. So he pitched for a, one thing. I like to think about Latroy Hawkins, and I, I think this about Bartolo Colon too. Is that like his career spanned from 1995 to 2015? So it's just it's mind boggling to think how much the world changed, like just during the time <laughs> that this guy was playing Major League Baseball. Yeah, right. Like they didn't even you know they didn't even have the internet back in '95. <laughs> yeah, you know, or I mean they they had it. And, only but, Al Gore had it. Yeah, yeah, only Al Gore had it. But they yeah. didn't even have dial-up at that point. Yeah. And now in 2015, like you know, you probably got like the iPhone 5s. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what a what a different world uh, that guy <laughs> left. Uh, you know, at, over the span of playing a major league baseball career, which Bread, is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, bread cost five cents. So on and so forth. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. A gallon of gas was a nickel. You know. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, well, Jeremy, I think we we actually ended up putting a, together a pretty good list of some uh, some much maligned players. Yeah, I'm sure there's like some obvious guys that we like skipped over, or whatever, either for uh, <laughs> lack of noticing or like just like they've been talked about, like your Edwin Jacksons or whatever, you know. Right. But um, but yeah, but uh, yeah. So these hopefully we, we kind of shed some light on some aspects of guys that maybe you didn't know about. Yeah, and Edwin Jackson is on the Tigers now, so I think he's still <laughs> he's still hanging on. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I think that should just about wrap it up for this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, and so going forward, folks, um, uh, you know, there... There's a lot of exciting stuff going on with us um, in the future, which we'll talk about, you know, in the future. Um, one of the things that's happening is uh, we've talked about it before, but I'm getting married. Yeah. Uh, coming up, um, we got the bachelor party next week. We do. And, um, so, and the, the the wedding itself is September seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm probably gonna be going on my honeymoon right around the uh, the real playoff push. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the last part of September. So. This next, uh, <clears throat> these next like um, month and a half or so, it's gonna it's gonna be a little crazy. Um, we've been we've been trying to keep on the weekly uh, podcast schedule uh, for this whole season, and um, going forward, uh, we're gonna do our best to 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 get, catch you every uh, week with a podcast. Um, but uh, um, uh, but but uh, you know there might be we're gonna try to bank some episodes as well but we might miss a week occasionally we will let you know via Twitter or via Facebook mm-hmm. uh, if we if we'll be missing just so you know like maybe if you want to save an episode there might be some things that we can release um, you know to tie to tide you over but um, just um, just bear with us I guess over these next six weeks because. Um, yeah, things are gonna be a little crazy in our personal lives, and like uh, you know, we'll we'll try to get uh, get to you every week. Um, but uh, you know, we got this one for now, and um, we'll we'll be hitting you with another game soon and with another episode soon. Um, but uh, but yeah, just uh, just bear with us, and we'll we'll try to be uh, we'll try to keep you as informed as possible through our social meds. Sounds yeah. great. Uh, well, for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Sukowski, and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.